yes, as, يعني venture capital as an asset class is relatively nascent in the region, but there are numerous efforts who I think great players in the ecosystem who have really uh, shaped the investment landscape. More awareness, whether it's from entrepreneurs or government, was uh, was very important as well. Uh, governments really move the needle when it comes to ticket size and investments uh, of those funds. So that's been very helpful. Welcome back to the Global Startup Movement, where every week we bring you conversations, insights, and innovation highlights from emerging startup ecosystems all around the world. I'm your host, Andrew Berkowitz, and today I am joined by a serious player in the Middle East tech and innovation landscape. Abdulaziz Lugani. He is the co-founder and CEO of Flowerd. It is a full-fledged flowers and gifts e-commerce platform for the Middle East, as well as the co-founder and managing partner at Faith Capital. Previously, he was the founding executive vice chairman of the Kuwait National Fund for SME Development, which was a $7 billion independent public institution responsible for developing the entrepreneurial ecosystem in Kuwait. And prior to this role, he was a co-founder and managing partner at Talibet.com, which was acquired by Rocket Internet in 2010 for $170 million. Abdulaziz, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Just that- a small note, Talibet was acquired in 2015, and my partner, uh, Hamid, was actually leading our uh, efforts in Talibet. I was a non-exec at the time of exit. Got it. Well, you did the hard thing of getting the vision in the early days, getting it off the ground. And I mean, let's, why, don't, why don't we start off with that story? Because I mean, I think it's really one of the first big exits in the Middle East region and really prove this, 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 this weird idea of startups was actually a way forward. Yeah, I think the story kind of ignited with not only solving the problem. So uh, at first, yes, we were solving a problem, but the mindset was very local. We didn't really look at the region as a whole. Uh, We were very focused on Kuwait. And when the Maktoub transaction, uh, Maktoub.com got acquired by Yahoo uh, back in 2008, this is when it kind of lit the light on uh, on a more regional uh, perspective. This is when we saw the, uh, started understanding the market size better, uh, expansion plans and, What's growth at scale versus growth locally? This is when plenty more literature on on startup revolutions started coming out from the West as well. So we got exposed to uh, a lot more startup mindsets than the local one we had early on. Fortune favors the prepared. And I think uh, throughout our journey in Talabat, uh, we've always been uh, prepared to be on top of our game. Uh, regardless of whether an exit scenario happens or not. Back then, and with the exception of Maktoub, there weren't much exits to even think about or get inspired by in the Arab world. I think uh, knowing when to uh, join forces as well and bring on better people than you are. For, uh, yes, we did a lot of hard work getting the company up and running and scaling, uh, at least for starters in Kuwait and Saudi Arabia. Uh, but I'm sure that my partner even did uh, a better job as uh, as he expanded the business more regionally and better executed on, on that plan. But I think knowing your strengths, weaknesses, and whom to partner with is is definitely uh, a blessing. And if you're the smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. 
Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that. And I think that really there's just such value in, in, in just the story alone of what you did, uh, you know, for, for everyone else and all these young people in the region that can look up and say, you can, you can start something here, scale it here and exit it. Even though there's no IPO market, even though there's no, there's no liquidity in that end, there's still a path. And I think you guys proved that, which is fantastic. Tell me more about kind of the, and the aftermath, you know, you went back to graduate school um, and then coming out, like how, how did kind of your, your entrepreneurial experience really uh, influence and direct your decisions on the policymaking side when you went into the fund? So just after Talabat, I did graduate school and then came back. The objective was to, uh, start investing more in the asset class. It was relatively nascent on the, on the investment side. I think beyond the, beyond the financial contributions, the important part was what kind of value add can we bring to the, uh, to the asset class. Well, with time, the resources were limited. There weren't much investors, whether it's institutional or high net worth, I embarked with uh, the Kuwaiti government on a project of establishing a, a more kind of uh, an SBA equivalent, I would say, to the U.S. Uh, for this is an institution that offers uh, funding, licensing, permits, uh, training, development. It's more of ecosystem building, and I felt that was necessary for us in, uh, in Kuwait. I, I think there are plenty of learnings, a lot of things that were uh, that made us uh, proud of what we did. But the most important element I worked on with my colleagues in the four years in government is education and awareness. In a country where 90% of our workforce is actually state employed, this is a huge ticking bomb. Uh, And unemployment is not something that we've prepared our country for, nor can our country sustain to provide those kind of jobs forever. So the fact that people actually go to school and create their own destinies is not something we are used to. And that's where I felt this is the most important kind of takeaway we've done, uh, introducing that mindset into curriculums at schools or making uh, education a lot easier, workshops, awareness, startup competitions, these were made a lot easier to go about at the time with the National Fund. And I think throughout those years, this is when we've witnessed a record number of new company registrations, right? So this has kind of been, I feel, the most important takeaway at that time. Now, what, what are the outputs like? How many companies are we graduating per year? And how much are they really adding to our economy? Are they really moving the needle or not? is not something I feel we are there yet. Mm. Uh, it's, it's very minimal in terms of impact economically. Uh, but I feel now that we have COVID, maybe things have changed. But before COVID-19, I can definitely say that the migration from public sector to private sector and number of fresh grads establishing their own businesses and startups has definitely been growing at a faster pace than our economy. And I'd be curious to hear, like with like with Kuwait's SME development efforts and your ecosystem building efforts, how does that tie in with investment promotion? Like, is that is that your responsibility as well, or is that like a separate entity in the government that 
there, there's like you know there's not a lot of collaboration or do they work hand in hand yes it is a separate entity in government it's unfortunate but we do have a plan on paper that is supposed to glue all of these efforts together there is a vision by government that's adopted by cabinet blessed by the parliament but uh, unfortunately this is reality many of our entities uh, out of goodwill uh, operate independently and end up not really falling within uh, within that vision that's my concern with the africa free trade agreement it's like looks great on paper and i hope it works but it's just there's so many just very complicated politics and stakeholders, you know, with it, I mean, with any given ecosystem, right? You have all the stakeholders and they have all their incentives and everything. And so it's very hard. I, I definitely understand why there can be competing interests or, or, or an inability to kind of unify it in, in actual execution. But okay, so, so you, you, you spent your time in, in civil service and then you decided to, you, you caught the entrepreneurial bug again. So tell us, tell us about your new, your new venture. After spending four years in government, yes, the impact is more on a national level. However, the progress that you'd like to make is at a slower pace. It's just uh, leading a vessel is a, is a lot slower than uh, leading a startup. Uh, mm. well, I think that's kind of where it got us, uh, where my partner and I kind of re- uh, remerged our efforts and uh, we came back to the drawing board and there were two problems we wanted to solve. One, we felt that uh, yes, as, I mean, venture capital as an asset class is relatively nascent in the region, but there are uh, numerous efforts who I think are great players in the ecosystem who have really uh, shaped the investment landscape um, more awareness, whether it's from entrepreneurs or government, was uh, was very important as well. Uh, for governments really move the needle when it comes to ticket size and investments uh, of those funds. So that's been very helpful. But we felt the missing part was really value add. Value generation teams are not very popular, at least in the uh, Arab world. So most of the value you would get from a VC fund is is capital, yeah, financial capital. We felt that the contribution to top line, access to network, technical strategic guidance, these are all important roles that the VC needs to fill. And uh, we started investing in 2017. But we also felt at the same time we're, uh, we're entrepreneurs ourselves. And I stumbled upon an opportunity to uh, within the Flowers Vertical Online, which I ended up investing in. And then after a short while, I actually uh, co-founded the brand and ended up leading the efforts over there, uh, which is called Flowered. Flowered is basically flowers and word. Word is in Arabic combined to come up with Flowered. So on the investment side, we continue invest to invest, but it doesn't really occupy a lot of my time. I would say 100% of my time is really occupied with uh, flowers. This is a $1.5 industry of cut flowers annually in the region. And is that what you said, what, $1.5 billion? Yes, $1.5 okay. billion cut flowers industry in, in the Gulf, of which more than 95% is actually uh, offline. There is tremendous room on of uh, digitizing that big fragmented offline market. And we feel that... Uh, 
يعني بين ا ماركت بليس موديل اند ان اي كوميرس موديل اي كوميرس ميكس ات مور سينس فور ذس بارتيكولر فيرتيكال وويف بين دوينج ذس فور ذا باست كابل اوف ييرز توداي وي ار بريزنت ان فايف ديفرنت ارياز جيوغرافيز ان ذا غالف وهوبفلي اكسباندينج اون تو تو نيو مور ان ذا نيكست فيو مانس ديسبايت ذا the COVID challenges we're all facing. Well, well, I mean, isn't COVID kind of reshaping things in your favor? And, and, and by the way, and by the way, when you say like the flower market is 90% offline, is that, is that the case with like most industries in Middle East or is our flowers just kind of a, a, unique, a unique outlier? This is the case with most industries in the Gulf and in the Arab world. So just to put things in perspective, the Arab world from Morocco to UAE, is a $3.5 trillion economy, out of which only $29 billion is actually transacted online. With the exception of air travel and hotels, food and beverage, consumer electronics, the rest is, is really a desert. Yani there are no real market leaders across the region for many different verticals. I think these are low-hanging fruits that many entrepreneurs can embark on and really Uh, really take lead in those different uh, opportunities. This is what we're doing in Flowered. And we think by end of this year, we will actually be the, the leading online flowers destination for the whole Gulf uh, for starters, which actually puts us at a bigger kind of revenue threshold to where we were in Talabat uh, before selling the company. Awesome. Well, that's exciting. That's exciting. So if you would look at the region right now, I mean, specifically with Kuwait, if there is more VC fund formation, like what are the verticals that you would say there's realistically more deal flow than there is capital? Because I find in a, in a lot of emerging frontier markets, the problem is in not necessarily always there's a, there's a lack of VC capital for a specific purpose. It's a disconnect between consistent quality deal flow and, and, and the VC capital. Yes. I would uh, share the same note you highlighted. So uh, first of all, as a market overall, when it comes to venture, funds are not as organized or as segmented as they are in the West, right? So you see many funds basically investing in idea stage, seed stage, A, B, you name it, simply because of the Uh, funnel, right? The funnel is actually small. Deal flow is a lot, a lot lower than what you'd find in the West. So being sector agnostic is, is more favorable than focusing on certain verticals, which will make your funnel a lot, a lot less. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, adding the extra layer of quality deal flow is, is even a bigger challenge. It's just the mindset of entrepreneurs, right? And uh, finding the right talent, firing the right skill sets, And understanding, having a really firm grasp on your market and understanding your structure well is something we, we, uh, we face a lot of challenges in. So we meet great entrepreneurs with great spirits, a lot of excitement. But when it comes to uh, يعني, scaling uh, and understanding the, the region, the, their bandwidth is very limited. This is what we hope we think we can And so this conversation is ultimately the best value we think we bring to an entrepreneur when we invest in them. So it's this real FaceTime value, uh, being a phone call away from, uh, from entrepreneurs like yourself, 
that have been doing this for the past 14 years. Makes sense. Well, this has been fantastic. We need to record a part two. We didn't have enough time to really dive into things here. But is there anything, uh, anything you need us we, we didn't cover or, or you want to sign off with? I think just touching on where we are now with mm-hmm. COVID, there is, um, as I remember a saying from, uh, from a samurai, I was reading What You Do Is Who You Are by Ben Horowitz mm. earlier uh, last month. And I remember I wrote something about a chapter he has spoken about. The thing is the extent of one's courage or cowardice cannot be measured in ordinary times. And this is one of the biggest samurais saying this. But I think these are the times we talk about now, right? And as entrepreneurs, there are plenty of podcasts and posts about what, how to weather the storm we're really in. But take this opportunity to really understand your calling. Uh, and if your calling is in what you do right now, then you're definitely headed in the right direction. And I'm sure you will find a way uh, to to survive. But if you if you feel this is not really your calling, uh, which many people are feeling right now, then then I think this was a blessing for the ecosystem. I love that. I love that. I love that. Don't follow your ego. Follow your heart. This is the time to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much, Andrew. Take care. Take care. Thanks for coming on. Cheers.